You don't need a study to tell you that aging and fatigue go hand in hand. Nevertheless, my friends at Nutritional Therapeutics, makers of NT Factor, point to 16 studies, all peer-reviewed and published in medical journals, showing that NT Factor can reduce fatigue, while at the same time, age-related changes in the cells are reversed. For 30 years, the makers of NT Factor have worked to improve our health spans by focusing on the mitochondria, the energy powerhouses of our cells. Their science shows that NT Factor, which I don't go a day without and recommend to my patients, improves our energy and prevents the deterioration that accompanies aging. It promises that our day-to-day lives will be improved, and they keep proving it in studies that include placebo-controlled trials, both in the academic institutions and in medical practices like mine. You can find NT Factor at your favorite health food store or online retailer, or to order direct, go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Don't let tiredness and fatigue rob your senior years. Invest regularly in the anti-aging benefit of NT Factor at ntfactor.com. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Layla Mudin. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist here in New York. I practice with Dr. Ronald Hoffman, as you know, and we have our weekly Q&A with Layla, where we answer your questions. And I also take your questions so I may weigh in and talk to you about topics of interest. That email is questions at drhoffman.net. That is questions at drhoffman.net. Do you describe yourself as a binge eater? Do you think yourself to have binge eating disorder? Do you call yourself an emotional eater? Now, everyone at some point in their life has overeaten, right? And whether it's out to eat at a favorite restaurant, a holiday meal, uh, a regular Friday night at home after a long week, or Friday night out after a long week. However, for some, maybe more than we think, excessive overeating feels out of control and is happening on a regular basis. This type of overconsumption is classified as binge eating disorder, BED. Not eating in bed, but BED, <laughs> binge eating disorder. And it can feel embarrassing or even scary to those who experience these recurrent episodes. Binge eating disorder affects an estimated 2.8 million adults in the United States and has been stated as the most common eating disorder in the U.S. Now, I'm reading this to you from a blog, a really nice blog from Dietitians on Demand. And it points out some nice criteria and things here. The exact cause of BED, binge eating disorder, is unknown. 
as many factors contribute to eating habits. However, it's estimated that approximately 79% of those with binge eating disorder have been diagnosed with a psychiatric disorder, anxiety, or some other kind of mood disorder. And I'm here to tell you a lot of these things go hand in hand. And 49% of these individuals possess a history of two or more comorbid disorders like social phobia, post-traumatic stress disorder, body dysmorphic disorder, and alcohol or substance abuse. And I would venture to say the binge eating disorder is similar to the alcohol and substance abuse in that it is a binge when it's happening, right? So the diagnostic criteria, and according to the fifth edition of the DSM, the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, binge eating disorder diagnosis consists of the following five criteria. Number one is recurrent episodes consisting of consuming an amount of food like within a two-hour period, a discrete period of time, that is larger than most individuals would eat under similar circumstances. This combines with a feeling of a lack of control during food consumption. You know that phrase with potato chips, you can't just eat one, you can't eat only one, right? And number two, food is associated with three or more of the following. <clears throat> Eating faster than normal. Those with binge eating disorder, they're not really slow eaters. It's almost like they can't get enough food on the fork. Eating until uncomfortable and certainly when you're eating so fast, it doesn't give time for your stretched out stomach to send the message to your brain, which takes all of 20 whole minutes to send the message to your brain that your stomach is full and you don't know it until you're actually uncomfortable because the eating is happening so fast. Eating a large amount despite not feeling physical hunger. Now, this is key. There is really no physical hunger. It's almost like it's a coping mechanism. You're not feeding, you're not eating to sustain yourself or it's time to eat and you're hungry and your body needs some fuel, some sustenance. It's eating a large amount despite not feeling physical hunger. Think of the alcoholic going for a drink or something, right? They're not necessarily thirsty, but it's kind of a coping mechanism. And another criteria is eating alone due to embarrassment. If you're going to eat a box of cookies, are you doing that with company? You're probably doing that alone, right? Feelings of guilt, depression, or disgust after overeating. 
wow, how did I eat all that? That was gross. We're just feeling bad about it. Interpersonal distress regarding binge eating. Again, this is all the diagnostic criteria. Number four, episodes occur on average at least one day a week for three months. I don't know how they come up with a three-month period, but one day a week. And this often happens too, or can happen, with nighttime eating. So often I hear from patients and clients who they eat well, they eat the right way all day long. It's that evening time after dinner. Now think about it. You've just finished dinner. Maybe it's an hour later. You're not hungry. You're full from dinner. You're done. But you're nibbling and eating and maybe eating more because it's a crave. But you're not actually hungry. Right? And number five, binge eating is not associated with compensatory behavior like purging, throwing up, fasting, or excessive exercise. That is called bulimia. This is specifically binge eating disorder. It's bulimia that is defined as binge eating, but it's associated also with the compensatory behavior like throwing up, excessive exercise, fasting, something to compensate for the binge. In regular BED, in regular old binge eating disorder, it's simply overeating within a discrete period of time, eating faster than normal, eating until uncomfortable, eating a large amount despite not feeling physically hungry, eating alone due to embarrassment, feelings of guilt, depression, or disgust after overeating. And it's a recurrent episode. And happening within a discrete period of time, consisting of consuming an amount of food like within a two-hour period that is larger than most individuals would eat under similar circumstances. And it's also associated with the feeling of a lack of control while the food is being consumed. And again, episodes occur on average, this is the diagnostic criteria again, at least one day per week for three months. So what if you've been doing this for one day per week for two and a half months? Hmm. Anyway, so what are some complications? The health consequences of binge eating disorder affect both physical and mental wellness. Complications can include psychological complications. Binge eating disorder can take an enormous emotional toll on those who suffer from the disorder, which can contribute to either the development or worsening symptoms of many mental health conditions. This can include depression, anxiety, substance abuse, bipolar disorder, antisocial behaviors, and overall poor quality of life. Another complication is obesity, but not not every individual with, with BED is obese. However, if obesity is present, 
the risk of other comorbidities arise. This can include a higher risk of heart disease, metabolic syndrome, joint problems, type 2 diabetes, GERD, which is gastroesophageal reflux disease, osteoarthritis, fatty liver disease, certain types of cancer, and sleep disturbances. So what are some treatments? Psychotherapy is the most validated and effective treatment for binge eating disorder. Agree. This is a kind of behavior, right? Or a misbehavior, if we may call it that. The most common form of psychotherapy utilizes cognitive behavioral therapy. The more severe cases may benefit from pharmacological treatment as well, used in conjunction with psychotherapy. Now, I'm here to tell you that you don't need pharmacological treatment. So what is cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT? It's a type of talk therapy. It's structured, it's goal-oriented, looking closely at thoughts and emotions and discovering how those thoughts or emotions affect actions. With gaining a better understanding of this, therapists can then help patients strategize efforts to change unhelpful patterns. This may include recognizing distorted thoughts and reevaluating them, using problem-solving skills to cope with difficult situations, or working to develop more confidence in an individual's own abilities. Now, unfortunately, they also go on into pharmacological treatment, and they say there has only been one medication approved for binge eating disorder treatment by the United States Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. Vivance. It's an amphetamine. It's speed, which was originally approved for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD, right? And later approved for treatment of binge eating disorder. Now, due to the profile of side effects and risk of misuse with this medication, and I know for a, a fact that many people taking Vyvanse for ADD and so forth, they are misusing it. It may not be appropriate for all individuals. I dare say, indeed, it is not appropriate for anyone. But here at this blog, they go on to say, however, there are many other medications being utilized off-label in an effort to reduce binge episode, binge episodes. And among these off-label medications, the most commonly prescribed are antidepressants, Prozac, Zoloft, Effexor, things like that, Celexa. They're often the first line of pharmacotherapy. Now, I'm bemused at this because we know for a fact that commonly used antidepressants cause cravings because of how they mess with the neurotransmitters. Binge eating disorder is often related to insulin resistance because when you have insulin resistance, which causes unstable blood sugar, 
right? That can set you up for more binge eating. The term emotional eating, which is very upsetting to so many people who feel like they can't control their urge to eat when they are under stress. And this is how emotional eating is related to binge eating. It feels for all the world as if the stress is what is driving the desire to eat. When in most cases, it's the other way around. I suggest to you, and this is out of a wonderful book by Dr. Georgia Ede, whom Dr. Hoffman recently did a podcast with. He recently interviewed her on a podcast. And the book is Change Your Diet, Change Your Mind. So she is saying, and I'm, I concur, that in most cases, what is just driving the desire to eat, what is driving the binge, it's the other way around. Eating too many of the wrong carbohydrates too often causes a rise in stress hormones that urge us to eat to stabilize our metabolism. In addition to adrenaline, falling glucose, the hypoglycemia that triggers the release of another stress hormone called cortisol. Now, you've heard me talk a lot about cortisol here. And unlike adrenaline, which is a simple, fast-acting hormone for sudden emergencies, cortisol is a sophisticated, slow-acting hormone that prepares your metabolism, your cardiovascular system, your immune system, and your brain for prolonged periods of stress. Dr. Ede says that rising cortisol tells your liver to make more glucose at all costs, even if it has to break down your muscle proteins to do it. Cortisol weakens your immune system, raises blood pressure, and carries stress messages to your brain that affect neurotransmitter balance and can damage the hippocampus. The hippocampus is the brain's learning and memory center. Now, unstable or overactive, of overactive cortisol is a common feature of many psychiatric conditions, including depression, anxiety, insomnia, post-traumatic stress, all of these things are associated with binge eating disorder too. She goes on to say bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, and dementia. We dare say that is what's wreaking havoc in your mood and bringing you to a binge or that so-called self-described emotional eating is by eating too many carbohydrates too often and wreaking the havoc with your blood sugar and insulin levels and causing that disturbance in neurotransmitters. This is why when you embark on a ketogenic diet and it's now being recommended by more psychiatrists, some of who, have, who Dr. Hoffman has already interviewed on po podcasts in the past, a ketogenic diet may be the answer to many psychiatric illnesses, including depression, anxiety, bipolar, uh, schizophrenia. Yes, schizophrenia. 
borderline personality disorder, ADD, ADHD. Gosh, giving speed like Vyvanse to somebody with ADD. I think it's criminal and it's not sustainable. And taking speed on a daily basis, it's going to increase your cortisol, wreaking more havoc. Do you see how this becomes a snowball? It's the wrong way to look at treatment for any of these psychiatric conditions, including binge eating disorder. When the alcoholic, when the drug abuser, when they abstain, the craving goes away, things normalize. And even better, when they're eating the right way, they no longer crave sugar, right? The original addiction for most of us. So counseling from a dietitian can play a pivotal role. Again, this is from the, the blog Dietitians on Demand, which is really kind of nice. Uh, improving outcomes of binge eating disorder. You know, we can help you organize and plan meals with a more healthy pattern, a more ketogenic pattern, that once you've come out the other end of carbohydrate withdrawal, which you know is real, the first four or five, maybe seven days, you start to feel a whole lot better. And the binge eating then is controlled. The binge eating, the anxiety, the depression, and all the other things that are associated with it can begin to rectify, can begin to normalize, to diminish, to go away. I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In. This is Intelligent Medicine. I want to thank you for listening to the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast app and get new episodes automatically downloaded every weekday. And please give us a rating and review. It truly helps new people discover Intelligent Medicine. The Intelligent Medicine Podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their health care professionals for any such conditions. Finally, please visit drhoffman.com and discover everything intelligent medicine has to offer, including frequently updated, unbiased health news and fully vetted product and supplement recommendations. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator 
in your health care. You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom-targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com.